1460 KXNO, local sports conversation with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you're with us on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today. 1030, we'll hear from Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune, get his perspective on uh, what we saw in that triple overtime tilt. You and I and Iowa State clones off this week at the latest on a couple of uh, injuries that cropped up in the football game. Uh, we'll get, hopefully, uh, some clarity uh, going forward there. I know that there was a teleconference yesterday. I don't think uh, Matt Campbell's meeting the press this week on a bye week. So okay. we'll have to go by what we heard yesterday on the teleconference and Dylan was part of it so we'll pick his brain uh, 11 o'clock Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football from a national perspective some of the winners and losers look we're all winners right it's college football it's back so put that one in the in the uh, win column right off the bat but we'll do that amongst some other topics you know what impressed you what uh, who's got uh, some problems who's not as good as you think or better than you thought type of thing at least after week, week one we'll overreact like everybody's doing on college football, and then Scott Dockerman will join the show at about 11.20, 11.25 thereabouts, and we'll save a few minutes at the end of the program, if you wish, to slide on in here uh, at 284-5966. Trent, we had three days off. We had, uh, what, five fantastic days of college football, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five uh, of college football. Was last night fantastic? It was college football. It was man. college football, yeah. Uh, in the city I really like, so maybe that elevated okay. a little All bit. Right. And it was a good game for a while, right? Yeah. Louisville pushed them for a while. Yeah. It was 14-14 at some point, and they covered, and it was close. So that kept some people uh, in uh, watching that game right until the very end as Notre Dame got the ball back with, what, 3.30 left. And if they would have scored, they would have uh, shot past the number, but they didn't. Uh, but so, yeah, it was okay. Um, Oklahoma the night before was great, but let's let's uh, do the uh, uh, the needle movers. Let's play the hits. Iowa and Iowa State. Let's mm-hmm. start with Iowa because they were, well, way more impressive than Iowa State, who we'll get to. But look at, um, you know, right off the bat, I want to give you credit for this one because you've been saying this for weeks, and I thought you were, and eh, you had your black and gold glasses on. <laughs> Uh, Which can happen from yes, time to time. Yes, it does. Absolutely for I everybody. I try my best. You do. But... As you sit over there in your Hawkeye polo and your Hawkeye <laughs> uh, your Hawkeye ball cap. Well, I got to go downstairs and see some of those cyclones down there. I had yeah. to. Oof. Yeah. At least they won. At least they won. At least they won. And I think that's probably as far as you can go. At least they won. Because trying to trying to put uh, lipstick on that pig, and that's what it was. We'll get to it. Uh, but Iowa, here's the thing. You said that this receiver room, you saw as maybe had as much depth as, as uh, Iowa's had in a long time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to go there yet because I thought that, okay, maybe there's some potential but Brand Smith took some steps forward, he I did. think. Yeah. He, I, he impressed me. Um, Oliver Martin needs to see the field more. They, they've got some dudes. Trent Tracy didn't see a lot of balls come his way, but he had one real long uh, completion in the game. Uh, Regani didn't see a lot of balls come his way. He would have scored if Nate Stanley would have put it in front of him, not make him slow down and throw it to his back hip. He's got some work to do there. But receiver-wise, you were you identified that, and you know there's, it's more than that. We'll get to the offensive line stuff there, but they got some dudes that can catch the football. That they do. Guys that can do things, I think, in a couple of different ways. You you have the different kind of elements. You got your quick, short, you know, burst guys with the slot guys and Reganey and Tyrone Tracy. I think both of those guys. Uh, Tracy played 51 snaps. Did he play that many? Yeah, I didn't which, realize Which that. I was surprised by. There was one ball I think he should have come back for a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, he was out there and you can see why they like him. Reganey is... That Iowa slot receiver, the quick twitch guy that can go out there. Would he have scored have, if, if Stanley would him in stride? 
he would have had to go to the pylon. If he would have went back to the middle of the field, that safety, I think, would have got him regardless because he had the angle on he him. He had to slow up, though, he and, did. and he now, threw it to his back hip. He, now, if Stanley would have thrown it... Oh, we're picking nits. Towards, yeah, towards the sideline, maybe, maybe yeah. he would have been able to score. But regardless, he made the play. Didn't no. overthrow him. No, true. As he did to Brandon Smith earlier in the <laughs> yeah, game when Smith yeah. had a step on, on Manny Ragumba, which was cool to see, too. Ragumba out there. Right. Guys talking. talking a little trash, too. Oh, How about that? Yes. That was good. Well, I... Go back to his first career start against Michigan in that big upset a couple years ago. He was talking right from the get-go. That <laughs> Part he, of his game. Huh? Say what you will about him, maybe as a football player, mm-hmm. but the talking game, top flight, top That's notch. Gumba always has a lot to say out there. But you know, a little back and forth mm-hmm. with the guys. It was good to see. So you got Amir Smith-Marset, who we were told by Brian Ferentz has had his best camp that he has ever had mm-hmm. on campus. This guy with a ton of talent. Good speed. He can do all these things. The big guy with smith on the outside, and then these slot guys, and then he said, Oliver Martin. And he just, he was so smooth on that play. You look at it just, if you don't watch how it gets there, you just see the throwing into the end zone, he's got a step. That move, that is why Oliver Martin was a four-star. Good speed, not great speed, good speed, but those kind of moves, the way that he can just cut on a dime and go up there and find the opening, he played 10 snaps in the game. You don't think that number's going to get yeah, better? Yeah, there's a pretty good chance of that happening, right? And didn't play very much at all in the first half. Did I don't he? think at all. I don't I'm think he sure saw he a snap. Did. Yeah, I don't believe he was and, out and there And how at all. about the reaction from the fan base when they yes. realized number five is the local kid and he just mm-hmm. scored? I mean, that was pretty That was pretty good. So, uh, yeah, so some wide receiver numbers overall. I, I think a lot of positives to take out of that. Here's a snap count. Oliver Martin played 10. Brandon Smith, 33. It was two for Desmond Hudson at the end of the game. Regani, 39. Amir Smith-Marset, 32, who left with an injury, mm-hmm. came back, scored the touchdown late. Tyrone Tracy had the most snaps at 51. See, I, I, I knew he was out there a lot. I didn't realize he was out there as much as he was. Well, well good for him. Let's go to the running back position. Makai Sargent is a different player, Trent. Mm-hmm. He just looks different. I don't know if it's confidence. Um, I mean, he was late getting there last year, as we recall. Um Torn Young played well in his own right, but Makai Sargent stood out to me. He was not only not only running the football, but he caught a few passes. Stanley's using him out of the backfield. Makai Sargent looks as though uh, he's in store for what potentially could be a pretty special year. And another conversation that we had is this season, if this team does have a special year, one of the positives that you put there is Makai Sargent at the end of the year did look like a different mm-hmm. player. Last two games of the year, he had over 100 yards rushing during the regular season. Now, didn't have anything against Mississippi State because Iowa couldn't run the football against Mississippi State. Well, that's a pretty State. stout defense they were yeah. up against, too. But finally, it, it took forever, but they finally got over 100 yards, and it was Makai Sargent, and he did look improved. But he looked like, I mean, you, it wasn't a step forward from mm-hmm. what we saw a year ago. It was two steps forward. He was really impressive. How about the uh, little slip screen that they had? That actually wasn't a slip screen when he was supposed to pick up the backer yeah. in the middle and he missed. Yeah. He at least got a piece of him and then he <clears> ducked <throat> out there. Ferris was asked about that after the game. I loved it. He said, well, it looked a lot better. It was. He, <laughs> he was actually not supposed to be have that set up. Uh, sometimes that worked. Are, yeah. The best plays are the ones that you actually don't draw Indeed. up and, and they just turn out that way. You know, one of the other takeaways from the running game, too, is you, you can tell why they were excited as uh, good as they were. Yes. They got something there. He's got some wiggle, doesn't yeah, he? they've got something there. He is really impressive. Unfortunately, there's going to be somebody that falls by the wayside that uh-huh. looks like it's Ivory Kelly Martin. At this point, yeah. Not seeing a whole lot of snaps his way. And now you got your all round back and sergeant. You got your bruiser and Torn Young. And then you have the new dynamic change of Goodson, pace. The speedster yep. out of the backfield. Three different guys. 
This is when Iowa football can be really good is when they have different components mm-hmm. in that backfield. We've seen that recently, you know, kind of going out there with Akram and LaShawn Daniels, those two guys together. We've seen in the past Fred Russell going back way back and Jermel Lewis. Jermel Lewis, yep. That two had a tandem. This group of three could be really, really good. I'm with you, Trent. They've got some guys on offense, and that was to me was the biggest question mark: is are they going to be able to run the football, and who's going to catch the football? Will these young receivers uh, live up to their hype? Uh, don't forget, we lost two tight ends in the first twenty picks. Yada yada yada. Uh, week one being what it is. You know what? I want to stop for a second because I want to make sure we just don't blow through this whole thing. Brett Gabbert, this young quarterback yeah. from Miami. You know, for him to come in and take on a Big Ten team, the first start of his career, never thrown a pass, college football. Well, he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens. Um, but you know what? The stage didn't look too big for him. Like, we're not, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking Red Hawks, but you know what? He was pretty darn good, right? I was impressed by him. And there's a couple of things. First of all, I, I believe he camped at Iowa when he was younger, thinking that maybe he would grow as tall as his brother. Okay. And, and they were taking a look at a St. Louis kid. Iowa recruits mm-hmm. down there very hard. But he didn't grow. I mean, he's probably 5'10". I think they list him as six foot. He's not six foot tall. And because of that, though, those jump balls that he threw up there, those touch passes, mm-hmm. those were beautiful. Yeah. I mean, he put them in the exact right spot. You can tell a lot of touch. Now, if he's at six foot two, he's probably at Missouri like his brother. Yeah, probably so. Or instead of at Miami of Ohio, he's, he's at a somewhere bigger else. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. That's the reason behind it. But also because he's 5'10", there are a couple of those throws that you could see, and he doesn't have a ton of arm strength at least at this point. Couple of those out passes, the interception, the near interception by Hankins over on the end. Uh, those are the kind of throws he just can't make, and because of that, that's why he's at Miami of Ohio. Yep, no doubt. Uh, offensive line. We'll get to the Jackson injury. Worse was terrific. You know what? Uh, the biggest revelation to me, and this kid had had a ton of hype surrounding him going back to uh, to spring football and all throughout the summer months. Well, yeah, they got to they're going to have to break in a new center, but this kid's we think he's going to be really good. Linderbaum, Trent. Yeah, they got a kid who's going to play there four years in all likelihood. You would guess so. Centers uh, are not exactly an in vogue position. No, absolutely not. And and for him, and and you know, there there were occurrences in the football game that he's way down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that screen pass? Yes, there's yeah. a perfect example of it. They got something in this kid. And the other guy on that screen pass that was out there making a play, Kyler Schott. Who, yeah, tell me about him. So he was the first player that came in. Right after the Jackson injury, they kicked Levi Paulson to the outside. Schott came in and was the guard. So you could say he's the sixth guy right now. Mm-hmm. Walk on from North Lynn, and just another one of those success mm. stories. High school wrestler. They finished second in the state. Linderbaum wrestled too. The whole offensive line after shot went in there. All Iowa guys, all dudes that all wrestled in high school. (laughs) Two sport athlete. It's important. And if you're a football player and a big football player wrestling, yes, I love wrestling, and I will tell you, play that sport. Yeah, go out for wrestling. All right, if you want a chance to uh, to make a move there. But he was really good. Uh, I know he graded out very well. Speaking of Pro Football Focus earlier. He graded out as the third best player on the offensive line behind Werfs and Linderbaum only. I think that says a whole lot right there. And they added a whole lot of depth here, too. They went a series where we got to see Kallenberger go out. He played tackle for a little bit. They bumped him over to left tackle. Werfs went back to the right tackle position. Ince was in there for a while. Justin Britt. Justin Britt, who it sounds like they're very excited about, a kid that hurt his knee. I think True Britt, freshman, right? Uh, I think he's a redshirt. Is he? I believe he was the one that tore his knee during his senior year of high school, Okay, went to Iowa, went early, graduated early, rehabbed, and of course wasn't able to play last year coming off that, that knee tear. So I think he's the redshirt freshman, okay. but a guy that had a lot of big offers out of Indianapolis, had you know other opportunities, wanted to play at Iowa in the offensive line factory that they become. 
They're excited about that. This offensive line, Jackson's going to be out for a while. How long? I mean, Kirk. Well, has a he's Sunday not going to play against Rutgers. Yes, um, I would. Uh, Iowa State probably not. Then you don't want to play him against Middle Tennessee unless he get him some snaps in the second half. Yeah, if maybe he, if he's getting close. Maybe you know, kind of get him acclimated a little bit. You certainly want him. Yeah, I get your point. Play him before the the Big Ten hits in earnest. Right. Although it will and this it, weekend, and it hits with Michigan. That's on the mean, road, right? Yeah. I mean, Rutgers all of a sudden is, you don't play for a month, and you're going. Yeah, and true. Remember, Larry Jackson's a Michigan kid. Yeah. I think that's going to be a big one mm-hmm. for him. Absolutely. But we'll see where he is physically. Did you watch the Rutgers game on Friday? By the way, I didn't. Oh, you were working on Friday. You had a high school. I had a great game. game. Yeah, by the sounds of things, you did. Yes. So just just real quick on Rutgers, it's too many points. Um, it's too many points. Rutgers is down 14 nothing. five minutes into the football game. Thinking, oh, my God, Chris Ash isn't going to make it to October. To UMass. To Who UMass. Awful. Yeah, they are. Um, Rutgers has some skilled players. I'll, I, I'm not going to go any further than that. Okay. McLean Carter is left-handed quarterback. Mm-hmm. He threw a bunch of picks, uh, including his first pass as a uh, Scarlet Knight. But... Um, Rutgers is better than we think. Not going not gonna to beat Iowa. Not going to beat Iowa. Okay. Not sure they're going to get beat by 21 points. More about that during the week. All right. Defensively for the Hawks before we get to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, Epinesa was quiet. He and was. I guess that's going to probably, well, I mean, they're going to game plan to stop 94. A couple of times I looked over, though, I, I was keying on him before a snap, especially in some third downs. Not only were they doing what we talked about all summer. He's going to get chipped. They're going to keep a tight end with him. They're going to have a back over there to pick him up on those third and longs. They were not only double teamed. There were a couple of times he was triple teamed. Now, Hmm. one of those triple teams led to, they thought there was somebody else coming off the edge. We saw Jones come off and come through untouched. That was unbelievable. He was just absolutely shot out. He made the uh, quarterback sack there. A lot of reaction to him or Oliver. And it's closer than you think. Yeah, that's, because that's uh, a good I think one. Jones is a pretty bad. He's a fan favorite, Trent. Yes, he is. Both those guys, you can tell that. Yep. But Epinesa, he played the position. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he did the things that the first two years he didn't at times, where he'd get caught out of position, it'd be up the field. He played defensive end the way that Iowa style, funnel everything to the middle. Be let Christian Welch be able to go out there and make the tackle and make the plays back behind you. Epinesa statistically wasn't great, but he did exactly what Iowa wants. Yeah, I tied up some guys, and, mm-hmm. and you, that's probably going to be the case most games because you're um, you're going to try and stop ninety four. What other from wrecking on the defensive line? Another guy that I mentioned to you needs to make that leap this year. If yep. I was going to be good, yeah, Cedric Lattimore. Yeah, he played. He he, he flashed early on. Mm-hmm. He made a play from defensive tackle. This is a three hundred pound dude. He made a play up on the sideline on a swing pass. We've never seen Cedric Lattimore do that. Mm-hmm. We've seen him yeah, tie up a couple of blockers. Yeah, he's big in the middle. We've never seen that kind of athleticism. I thought he flashed a couple of different times. Now, where was Davion Nixon, by the way? Because he, he came in early and he didn't... made he made that first. Uh, it was a completed pass, but when they put pressure on Gabbard early on, Nixon was the first one that made uh, made the play. I on thought that we'd one. see him more. He was How... in the rotation was quite he? a bit. Yeah. A Lattimore play, let's see, defensive tackle snap count. Lattimore, 33. Davion Nixon, 18. And uh, Reef played 40. So there's kind of your rotation. Yep. One final thing on the defensive line, though. The depth is not there yet. Not yet. They got three defensive tackles and a defensive end. There was a point in the fourth quarter where saw both Epines and Golson. They had their hands on their hips. Remember back to 2010. Mm-hmm. Great defensive mm-hmm. line coming back. All this excitement. But they didn't have any depth in the fourth quarter of games. It showed up. They did Wagner play? 
He did late. He said he played yeah. late. He played late. Uh, Van Velkenberg, the D two transfer, he played a little bit late in the game. Uh, who else? Noah Shannon, another defensive tackle that they're hoping for, but yeah, not a whole lot of depth there. That is a concern I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Phil Parker, what was he up to as far as telling everybody he's going to play one style, <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom, we're right back to four three. Oh, you like the cash? Sorry, you don't get the yeah. cash anymore. Saving the cash. Johnson made a mistake. DJ Johnson made a mistake early. Yeah, there was a blown coverage, mm-hmm. and Phil Parker said, "The hell with this. Mm-hmm. Let's play four three. Well, it was. A, you know, are, are you surprised though at all? No, I'm, I'm not. not. No, I, I'm not. I mean, I, we had this conversation so much in the spring, and I asked Morehouse and Doc and and all of our Hawkeye guys. Uh, really, is this really? Yeah, that's what. And I never bought it. I just, I never bought it. Against certain teams, sure, but they've done that in the past too. You know, when they played high flying Indiana teams that were throwing the football around, you know, eight ten. Yeah, they played nickel almost exclusively. I still think that's what it's going to be. This is a four three football team. Uh, I think so too, and uh, well, we'll certainly see going forward. So you do anticipate that you'll see it periodically. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm they've always you. done it periodically. I'm with you. That's not what their base defense. Let's is. get Dames Dillamont's coming up in about oh, ten minutes or thereabouts. Um, my biggest takeaway from you and I, Iowa State, was Will McIlvain. <laughs> he was fun, wasn't, wasn't he? he? Something. Yes, running around, making plays. My God, didn't have a ton of help. They couldn't run the football no, at all. No, well, that's that's a pretty good defensive line. It's uh, that Iowa State trots out yes. there. Um, but McIlvain, my God, did you did you expect this at all out of him? Not that, no. no. I I knew he could move around a little bit, but he played, he exceeded, I think, most everybody's yes. expectations. Even the most ardent you and I fan couldn't expect him mm-hmm. to go out there and make those kind of plays. It was nip and tuck throughout. Statistically, Iowa State dominated the football game. But fourth and one, I, there was a lot of hand-wringing. I know about mm-hmm. the first half, Should some of the play calling. Matt Gamble said he doesn't trust his offensive line three times. He punted twice mm-hmm. inside the inside the UNI territory. And when they went for it, he threw the football. It was like at, at the 37 one of those times, yep. I think. I mean, We're not talking as from the 48. If you like your offensive line, mm-hmm. run it down their throats. He doesn't, know, and he shouldn't. I mean, no. the, the the tackles are swinging gates, mm-hmm. swinging gates, and good luck in two weeks. It's the exact same conversation we've had with Julian Good Jones now for yep. four years. Doesn't matter where he plays, Trent. He's not good he, inside. He's okay. He's well, not. A, he's not a left tackle. <clears throat> no, not for a really good team. Not for a really good offensive line. He's not a left tackle. Newell got banged up. He was out. Was it? What was the name of the, the kid that came in? It was the backup that I want to ask Dylan about him because... Schweiger? Him, yeah, I saw him on the depth chart. He, I keyed on him when I went Did back you? and watched it. He played well. He came in yeah. right away, and, and he was moving dudes up there up front. But you walk away, you dominate statistically, but not on the scoreboard. No. And if that... First of all, you know everyone's talking about Brock Purdy coming flying in and getting the fumble recovery. Well, it was a hell of a play on his part. It was. Yeah. But if that ball's not fumbled, it's fourth and one, right? He didn't get the first down. I don't believe. Uh, I don't think really? he had enough there. I think he was stood up, and it would have been fourth and one, which completely fourth and one from the two and a half as opposed to first and goal from the mm-hmm. one. I, I, I think you're talking about one play there. And finally, one play. You and I, you got one play. Go for two. Mm-hmm. Win the football yeah, game. Yeah, I agree with you, Trent. I thought, the they were good. I thought they were going to at that point. Yeah, Meeker right tackle, not good. Mm-hmm. Julian Good-Jones, not good. We, we were told all you know off-season how much better this offensive line is mm-hmm. going to be. Wait wait till you see. Wait, just wait. 
Trend, Iowa State, I don't say they're in for a long year. That's ridiculous. Deshante Jones was terrific. I think Kohler's going to be as good as we thought he was going to be. I want to see more from Milton. Pedway's okay. Uh, Brock Purdy did not look like the Brock Purdy we saw last year. He doesn't run around at all. I don't know if he's hurt, if there's something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't give me the conservative game plan. You went to triple overtime, right? <laughs> right. Uh, there's going to come a point where the, the conservative game plan is going to go out the window. Now, defensively, Orion Vance is... <laughs> I don't know how they kept him off the field last year. If yeah. he if he if he's as good uh, going forward as he certainly was on Saturday, Mike Rose, uh, Marcel Spears, and R. Ryan Vance. That is a salty trio of linebackers. The defensive line is stout. The secondary is 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 good. Uh, defensively, this team is going to be fine. Offensively, there's a lot of warts. A lot of warts. You know. I hearken back to... And I didn't see a running back that I like any better than any of the others. No. They looked like the same guy to me. Well, Just different sizes, maybe. Nwango was maybe as... Now, Nwango, it's a shoulder with him. Because he got hurt. The camel was right on him. And he, was, he, he, he seemed to get up and he seemed to be dragging his arm it's like almost. a stinger? Maybe, but I don't think it's a leg or a knee, anything like that. And look, I'm not Dr. Miller. <laughs> but I, that's what I thought that I saw, that he had trouble with his left arm. Maybe not. That group, I'm with you. Nobody that wows you right now. Not yet. Not yet. Brees Hall might be the guy. He he flashed at times. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was the best, certainly, out of the group. Crony had a couple of nice carries mm-hmm. in there. But David Montgomery, a year ago, we are going into the game down in Texas, and he was suspended for the first half. And how, coming flying in, yeah. and how good this team looked. And they could do anything. Nope. They which, couldn't which do anything. Which tells me if you've drafted him in your fantasy league, I think he's in for a big, big year because he ran behind that offensive line yeah. last year, and look what he did. Look he what he did is a huge difference oh maker. And how many times Hakeem Butler was able to bail them out mm-hmm. on those plays? But, but Purdy never threw the ball down the field at all no, either, for the didn't. most part. And what is wrong with him? Conservative nature, uh, sophomore slump. You said it last week. He doesn't look like the same dude. This Iowa State football team preseason top twenty-five. Didn't look close no, to that. No, the, the the numbers eight and four in Vegas. At least that's where it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, I hope everybody's holding an under ticket. Trent, this look, Oklahoma State's better. Yeah, they're not beating Oklahoma. I don't know if you watched that Sunday night game. My I did. God. Yes, my God, that was unreal. Baylor, it's going to be tough in the first place. Now um, on the road. On the road, it's going to Trent. This this Big Twelve. I'm telling you. Iowa State, I know teams improve between week one and two. Every team does, not just Iowa State. That offensive line is awful. Got to be better there. Or you're gonna, the way you're going to have to win are they football gonna be games. Be, how are they going to get better with that core? That core, was this, they're all back from last year. Last year they were bad. Oh, they're going to be so much better this year. You just wait. The young guys? Is it time I hope for Trevor some Downey? Youth there. I hope there's some youth. Is it time for Ramos? Ramos? Come on down. I mean, they can't. They can't be it. Campbell told us as much. He doesn't trust him. They punted twice inside an FCS opponent's fifty twice, and when they went for it, he threw the football instead of running it. They got a week to prepare now. Good luck. By week here, there'll be more wrinkles. I think you'll see a lot more offensively. Here's the best thing about this: past you and I teams would have lost this football game. Past you and I teams or past, past Iowa State, Iowa State games would have lost this football game. They would have found a way to lose it. Mm-hmm. Found a way to win it. Yeah, no, look, I'm not That's killing the win. Away. The win's a win, absolutely. They're 1-0. It's a whole lot shinier than 0-1. Yeah. Let me get your take on the um, on the incomplete pass or fumble. Mm-hmm. 
which was called a fumble, returned for a touchdown on the field. I haven't seen an angle definitively, Trent. No. There's nothing. I have not seen. And look, while the ball went forward, while watch football all season long, you'll yeah. see this time and time again. That was really an argument that the ball went yes. forward, so that means it's automatically Nick. Yes. Come on. Don't you know anything about physics? Um, I don't know. Right, right. I don't know the answer. And, you know, when you don't know, you go with the call on the field. Right. I and just I, don't know. And I saw that a lot this weekend, referees allowing plays to finish, uh-huh. even when maybe it appeared there was one in the Florida State-Boise game. It appeared that... Oh, Boise. Oh, boy, they got a quarterback there. That kid can play. Coming back big time. And uh, Willie Taggart. <laughs> Come on, Willie. <laughs> yeah. He's in some trouble down I'll there. Say. Blowing that kind of lead. But saw it in that game. Let the play develop. Let the play happen, and then you can go back and mm-hmm. review it. The one issue with that, though, is if you don't have that right angle, like you said, the play on the call, the the, the call stands mm-hmm. as called on the field. I think it was the right call. I don't know. Because that's what they were. That's... There was nothing that you can say absolutely definitively. No, there's not an aha moment when you right. see a re- There it is. Yes. Uh, None of that. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. If somebody's got it, and I don't know how you got it and when nobody else saw it. Right. I just didn't see it, Trent. I think you have to go with the call on the field. Uh, the the play where um, uh, Knipple, right, lost <laughs> his hat in the yeah, pile. Yeah. Man, he's in the middle of the. That's an awful the, call. It's, I hated it, but it's. I get it. It's. It's an awful. It's an awful. How is he supposed to remove himself from that? Right. Hey, let me go. Would you? I lost my hat. I got to get out of here. It's gonna. Come on. It was like a rugby scrum. It's, you were moving the ball forward. Now what they've scored? I don't know. Player safety. Player safety. Okay. Helmet comes off. Get out of. I. I, I don't. I understand player safety. Mm-hmm. I get it, but oh boy, was he ever pumped up to, to when throw he came a fifteen-yard penalty that's on awful that? Awful steep, right? Five-yarder. Oh, maybe, maybe. maybe. You know, I. But even then, I he, mean, what's he supposed to? Do? If he loses his hat at the line of scrimmage and he's five yards downfield trying to throw blocks, that's one thing. Yeah, but he's surrounded by Panthers and Cyclones. Well, and many my, of whom were his own teammates. My question is: All right. How many times do we see a defensive lineman? He gets his hands up in the right. face mask and like it's ripping the illegal the helmet hands to off. The face, a couple of times this weekend. But the guy keeps blocking him because well, he doesn't want his quarterback to be killed. Whatever it is, <laughs> is that a penalty on him too? And it's just offsetting. I think so, the, the defender actually did. I don't like. Well, this he doesn't at all. have to. That's a good one because he wouldn't have had to leave the field if indeed he would have lost his hat. Sure. because it was taken on. Anyways, Dillamont joins the program next. Underway. Isn't it fun to be able to actually, Ugh. instead of trying to think what we think is going to happen, to think we're overreacting, sure, in some respects, but it's an overreaction Tuesday all across the country. And it will be next Monday all across NFL uh, yes. fan bases, too, as we have NFL. We will take a timeout. We'll come back. The Lamonts will join the program. Miller and Condon. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Store. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you till noon. Bama Bob, uh, Trent and I will go around college football outside the state at about 11 o'clock. Scott Darkerman on the Hawkeyes at 1120-ish. Right now, Dylan Mont's Ames Tribune. Uh, he sat in on the teleconference yesterday, and he joins us. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, lots of ground to cover with you. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty well, and thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. A couple, I guess let's start injury-wise. Is there's no media veils this week, correct, because of the bye week? 
Right. Yep. Yesterday gotcha. was the only time we got. Uh, so what did you, for the week. what did you learn about Colin Newell, who was uh, wasn't able to put any weight on that leg, and then Kanae Wangu, who I thought it was an arm, a shoulder, somewhere in in that area. That looked to me like maybe it was a stinger, whatever it was. What did Campbell say regarding those two injuries, if anything? Yeah, so first with Colin Newell, uh, he went out in, in the overtime period, only a few plays before the end of the game with a knee injury. He got blocked into a little bit and went down and, and couldn't really put any pressure on it. But Matt Campbell said that um, it's not as serious maybe as people first thought, um, and he's, he's day-to-day right now is, was the terminology that he used, and which is good for them, I guess. They get this bye week, then they can go all of next week and kind of determine if he's going to play against Iowa. But um, it, it was kind of talked about, is it like Kyle Kemp's last year, that MCL-type sprain? Um, you know, and then Campbell didn't necessarily say that that they were the same. Um, you know, it sounds like Newell's is a little less severe, so that was good news for them. And then with Kanaina Wongu, um, Campbell didn't specify, specify the injury, but um, it looked like a shoulder to me as opposed to the hamstring that he'd been dealing with. Right. And um, he's kind of in the same boat as Newell, that they'll kind of get through the bye week. Um, maybe try to get him on the practice field later in the week or toward the beginning of the next week and see if he can go for Iowa. But it sounds like, um, you know, relatively good news in, in terms of, um, you know, what it could have maybe been. Speaking of Newell and the offensive line for Iowa State, it certainly was a disappointing effort. Five starters coming back. And yet throughout this whole spring and summer, we've been hearing a lot about the young guys. Trevor Downing, who played a little bit, still maintained his redshirt status a year ago. Ramos on the outside. You don't want to hit the panic button, certainly game one in, but a chance going forward we see some of those young guys maybe get some run here if this offensive line doesn't take another step forward? Yeah, and particularly if Newell's out with this injury, that I think you'll see some things shift around and then maybe even stay that way once he comes back. So, um, yeah, I think there were times where it looked like the run blocking was okay and where it needed to be, um, but the pass protection, I think, leaves Awful. a lot to be desired still. And, um, you know, especially uh, when you're talking about your seniors at the tackle positions, Julian Good-Jones got beat several times. Bryce Meeker um, got beat. Even even Kniffle at times uh, got beat on the inside. So, and, and Brock Purdy wasn't even, I don't think, putting them in bad positions. He was staying back there, um, staying poised in the pocket and, and, and delivering balls. But, um, you know, it, it's tough when the line doesn't give you much time because then you have to improvise. You you rush your throws, you try to make a play that's maybe not there. So uh, that's something that uh, is, is obviously been concerning and something that they'll have to get corrected because, uh, you know, I was not going to give them any breaks, especially with that defensive line. No doubt about it. And last year when Brock Purdy would feel that pressure, he would do something with his legs. That wasn't a part of the I game. I mean, there's a lot of questions. Is, is, is he okay? Is there something wrong with him? He looked like a different quarterback, Dylan. What makes him, you know, Brock Purdy of his freshman season was that, that dual threat, if you will. He could chuck it and he'd chuck it pretty accurately or when a play would break down or called a quarterback, uh, running play, uh, he would make something happen. That was not part of, uh, of his game on Saturday. What's going on there? Yeah, I've had a few people say, is it an injury? I, I don't think it is. I think there's a couple things to it. I think there was probably part of that in the game plan design where they don't want to run him too much because you don't want to give Iowa this film, even though he did it all last year. There's probably going to be wrinkles and nuances to it this year that weren't weren't as apparent. So 
I think that's maybe part of it. And then I think there's been a concerted effort to keep him back in the pocket a little bit and not have a first instinct to take off and run because there were a couple times in that game where, um, you know, there was green grass in front of him, but he stayed back in the pocket. And I think, um, you know, it might have been Deshante Jones, the swing to the left in the second half. That was really apparent that he could have taken off and, and you know, probably gotten a first down. And he stayed back, delivered the ball to the to Jones and who ended up getting the first down there. So uh, I think there's, there's a couple things to it, but I, a lot of it is just trying to get him to be a pocket quarterback and then, um, you know, only scramble or take off when he absolutely has to and not have it be a, a first instinct. Couple of touchdowns from Petway. Deshante Jones on pace for a billion catches this year. Don't <laughs> he had a game. He really yeah. did. He, he was out there and you could tell certainly the security blanket a lot of confidence in him going forward. Didn't see a whole lot, though, out of the rest of the guys. Your takeaway after the two guys, the kind of known quantities here, the wide receiver group going forward. Yeah, I think a lot of what uh, was going towards Jones was the, the check down stuff because they didn't really take a lot of shots. They only had two plays of longer than 15 yards. Hmm. So they, they really kept things kind of within in the box a little bit and then, you know, kind of. Um, would set up those short passes and let Jones just go to work. So I think that'll probably get better a little bit, um, you know, as, as the game goes on or as the season goes on. I think Purdy will kind of open up a little bit because Matt Campbell even said after the game he was pressing a little bit at times and, um, you know, uh, trying to make plays happen that weren't necessarily there um, every so often, especially on those short yardages where, um, you know, it was the third and short and then the fourth and short where they didn't convert. Those were both RPOs, and um, he went out and tried to make a big play, and it just didn't happen. So I think um, he kind of um, just went into the checkdown mode and, and liked to stay there, which it, it worked because Deshante Jones had such a good day. But um, I, I think that'll probably enhance or expand. Um, after you go back, watch the film, practice, and then um, get into these next couple games. Well, let's find a positive in this, other than the fact they're one and zero, which you know shouldn't be lost on anybody. It wasn't the prettiest, and it took triple overtime uh, to beat a <clears throat> an FCS team. But but at the end of the day, they're one and zero. The defense was, in particular, the front seven. Although maybe that's not being fair to the secondary because it's not like they were. Although Bickham had his, uh, he had a, he had a tough game. But uh, a kid you talked a whole lot about last year, Dylan. As we go back uh, before. Mike Rose beat out Orion Vance. My God, what a game Orion Vance had. Uh, him, Rose, and Spears, that is a salty trio of linebackers. I know Will McDonald played, and they want to get him on the field for his athleticism, but Orion Vance might have been the biggest revelation um, from week one, in my opinion, for when it's uh, pursuant to Iowa State. See, I told you Orion Vance would you get did. out there. I just, it was just a year late. Um, <laughs> but I think um, the way he... The, the, what they did to tinker with that linebacking core was, I thought, really interesting. Having Mike Rose go play the outside and Orion, Orion Vance um, slot in at the middle. Um, that's what he did a lot in high school. They let him go out and improvise a little bit and, and just go up and make plays because he's so athletic. And um, he, I, he obviously has to be more disciplined as the middle linebacker in a Power 5 team. But I thought the way he pursued the ball was, was really good. He was aggressive. And Matt Campbell said he probably had one of the best um, preseason camps of anybody mm-hmm. on the roster. So I think it was really encouraging. As Will McDonald still kind of finds his way at that new position, as Chandler Colvermacher finds his way at that new position, or at, at that outside position, I think, um, having a guy like Vance, who did play in 11 games last year as well, come in and, and uh, be as pursuant to the ball as he was and, and come up with a couple sacks, um, you know, it, it just creates more depth there and gives you some some stability because – you trust Mike Rose, even though he's playing a new position now as a young kid, even though 
um, you know, Marcel Spears is a senior on the outside and can kind of lead the way. Having him in the middle um, really does kind of open up some possibilities for you. So uh, the middle of the defense, Lima, statistically not a whole Mm. lot there, but boy, I mean, just the way he occupies space. I don't think it, people look back and maybe he'll get some, some mention just because of people that know football and interior line play, his importance. But you and I had no chance running the football with him in the middle. Absolutely. Uh, that's kind of his thing. He's not going to be a guy that lights up the, the stat sheet or anything, but um, you know he'll get double teamed at times. And then that does free up a guy like Orion Vance, or it does allow Jaquan Bailey or any Wazirike to have one-on-one matchups that they can go on the edge and, and create. So, uh, I, uh, people obviously talk about him a lot and, and know his importance, but um, I think um, he even gets a little bit overlooked uh, nationally in some sense because of, of um, kind of how he's limited because of how teams play him. But he's kind of the engine that makes the whole car of the defense run. So uh, invaluable piece for sure. No, no doubt about it. Guy's going to make a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, playing at the next level. Let me ask you about uh, where, where was Braxton Lewis? Uh, Bickham uh, played a lot in the football game and you know, he struggled in, in week number one. Um, you know, you hope he's got another step forward to make. But Braxton Lewis showed last year that he clearly belongs and played a ton and did so while uh, not on scholarship. To give him a scholarship, he's, he's got to be banged up, right? Because Braxton Lewis needs to be on the field. Yeah, he had been dinged up a little bit in camp, uh, Campbell said. It might have been an ankle. Um, you know, it was it was something that it just kind of wasn't able to get full speed and, and obviously not ready to go against you and I, but... Uh, kind of with Newell and Kanaina Longo, the the time that you get in the bye week and then going in Iowa week, it just sets you up a little bit better um, to be able to get through that first week and not re-injure it or, or aggravate it anymore. So uh, it sounded like he'd be ready to go for Iowa, but again, it's a thing. It sounds like they'll just play by ear. And um, but it, having him back would would be invaluable because of um, the the way you can rotate in in and out with Justin Bickham, who um, obviously made some mistakes. I think they're correctable, but. Um, again, just having another guy you can go to in Braxton Lewis um, is huge for that secondary. That's still kind of um, you know finding guys that can trust back there to, to go make plays. Dylan, the Big 12 is the only conference that is undefeated a week into the season. A perfect 10-0, and though some hairy moments in there. It took uh, a lot for West Virginia to get past James Madison, one of the best FCS programs out there. Of course, Iowa State, even Kansas sneaking by Indiana State, but Perfect. What'd you learn overall in the Big Twelve Week One? Yeah, it, we, you know, it's kind of funny the week first week of college football. I think there's a lot of time for overreaction, which is fun for us. Yes, indeed. Kind of go with the, the the each score or each play a little bit, but um, you know, there there were good things from Oklahoma. Although I think mm-hmm. they have to sort things out. Um, Kansas State, I think, is is maybe trending a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. Um, in the preseason, um, you know, West Virginia, it's hard to say, but Oklahoma State going out on the, the West Coast and beating Oregon State, who is not a good team, no. but um, it's kind of a tough situation to go out there. So I think there are things that, that kind of spit out, um, you know, overall. I think the Texas game next week against LSU is going to be huge. So it's kind of fun these first few games because, um, you know, expectations from what the preseason was to after the first game can change so wildly, but then you kind of settle in after, um, you know, maybe week two or three. So it's going to be fun to see the teams get back out there again and, and kind of figure out, okay, do they continue what they did or uh, do they look totally different? Because I think that's also possible. 
I'm certainly with you. Oklahoma State, I mean, they've, uh, Gundy's found his quarterback in Sanders. Um, Chubba Hubbard was unbelievable running the football. They've got some skill guys at Oklahoma State. If you had Oklahoma State as one of these teams that's going to be looking way up at Iowa State, at least after week one, I think you have to evaluate that. All right, Dylan, um, you know, I guess, um, you know, last thing for you. How, how does, how does the team feel about what they, I mean, what was what was it like in the locker room? The players that you talked to after the game was it more of a you know a, a collective exhale that whew, that was closer than we thought. And what was kind of the mood after the game? Were they pissed off that it was as close as they were? Yeah, I, I don't know if pissed off, maybe, but I I don't think there were any there was any glad handing or back slaps or anything. I think they were just happy to get out of there with a win because. I think there are so many more teaching moments that you can take from that as opposed to if you would have lost. Uh, I just think it sets the, the wrong tone. So everybody's happy that there's a win, but I think it's the perfect scenario to go teach a bunch of things. Um, you know, the, the penalties that were unnecessary, the, the throws for Purdy that he could have made, even though he had a good stat line, there were some throws he could have made. Um, you know, the offensive line obviously has its handful, hands full trying to get better. The running backs um, can even learn, you know, how to help those guys out a little bit, how to make that one cut how to, um, you know, hit the hole a little bit harder. So I, I think there's things all over the field, even the defense, as good as they played, how to, um, you know, how to deal with mobile quarterbacks. So there, there's there's plenty across the board to go deal with, and I think that's why this bye week is, is kind of well-timed for them because they can go and not have to go figure it out right away against a team like Iowa. They can sit back a little bit, self-evaluate, and then go game prep after, um, you know, all the film and, and practice work they get. Good stuff, Dylan Mott, James Tribune. Dylan, we will um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk uh, on Friday. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on, Dylan Mott. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Take yeah, care. Good to talk to you, Dylan Mott, James Tribune, AmesTrib.com, as we take a look back at you and I and Iowa State. I don't think we're overreacting, Trent. I really you don't. don't. I don't. Well, you were all in on this team. I was. I Not- bought in. Nine and three. How could you not bet the over? Well, I like. I wanted eight and four, but I couldn't kiss my sister. So right, I, and I didn't think seven and five was realistically possible. Now I think it's more than likely. More than likely. Now, how many times do we overreact to week one? That's what we do. Do you feel like maybe you're? No, I don't. You I'm don't. Trend. They couldn't block me. They couldn't block me. The, the the tackles on that team, Good Jones and Meeker, were awful. You on, and I on Saturday returned eight starters. They did. It's a good FCS program. It's, it's a where were they ranked? Were they ranked 10, 12? Yeah, depending on what poll. I mean, there's a ton of polls out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anywhere from I think as high as six to as low as in the twenties. Okay. The quarterback was, was was a revelation. He was McIlvain was unreal. Iowa State dominated every statistical category. Mm-hmm. Farley's got to go for two and win win the football yes. game, and then you know. I don't know. You need three yards to win a football game. Look, Trent, if we would have spent the last three weeks leading up to this game mm-hmm. trying to, to convince Cyclone fans that this game's going to be tighter than you no, think. No, no. This is not going to be the laugher than you think. Right. In fact, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it goes to triple overtime. <laughs> oh, there's there's Cyclone when haters over there. you're in triple overtime. You know, 10 to noon, they hate the Cyclones. If we would have tried to sell that argument, that's exactly what would have been said. I don't know how you, if you're a Cyclone fan, can come out of the weekend. You're one and no. Yes. So there's the the one thing you hang your hat on, but my God, they, if a woulda shoulda got lucky. So you like the bye week here, or would you rather see this team get back out on the field and get that bad taste out of their mouth? Because they didn't play well. It depends. No, they didn't play well. I don't. I don't know. How would you, you like this Louisiana Monroe game to be here? Yes. 
Have that here. Yes, feel good about yourself. Another tune-up. Have a little confidence going into Cyhawk. As opposed to what happened. I got a theory on Cyhawk. Let's take a time out. I mean, on on game day, which I think was going to be a long shot to begin with. And it's not because of, you know, this past weekend. I want to ask you something. We come back. It's Miller and Condon here till noon, uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. By a train. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, final couple of minutes. First hour of the program. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Uh, Bama Bob and Scott Dockerman in the 11 o'clock hour. So so game day trend, obviously, it was a big talker leading up to it. Is mm-hmm. this finally an Iowa State's going to host it for the first time? Is this IHawk game going to be the game in focus? So a couple of things. Um, I, will ESPN continue to go out of their way to promote a Fox game now that Fox has decided we're going to come after you game day. We're going to spend some money and try and get uh, cut into your game day audience with Urban Meyer, with Brady Quinn and Reggie Bush and that whole thing. Part A. And then part B, I got to thinking, they've done this in the past, but has game day ever been at a stadium where the game that they're you know focusing on airs on FS1 not Fox I mean Fox doesn't even think that's the biggest game in that time slot because they put Arizona State and Michigan State there so do, do either of those matter because I'm thinking there's no way in hell the game day is going to be in it even if Iowa State would have beaten you and I by four touchdowns. Yeah, I, I don't think the FS1 angle, I don't know how much there, Fox, FS1, I mean, it's all, in the end, the same entity. But everybody gets Fox. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I can't lead a whole lot of credence there. But, I mean, this is the argument that I've been making the whole time. Herb Street, he's already going to be in Syracuse. Yeah. That's the ABC night game. Clemson mm-hmm. at Syracuse. Syracuse is also... Never hosted game day True. before. True. They got a tough the- one this week, too, in Maryland. They do. Be be a Terp fan this week. You want the Terrapins to get it done. Yeah. That would help, certainly. I think they're going to end up there, though. I, 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 I've you've, said that it, from, you've said it all along. Yes. From the get-go, when this conversation continued. And if they're not there, they might be a Michigan State, Arizona State. But to because of the Fox and those types of things. Look, Fox went after them before. Remember Aaron Andrews when I she do, started that well. pregame yeah. show, what, yeah. three, four years ago? It lasted, uh, lasted a year, right? Yeah, and it wasn't good. Faded out, right. This one... But this one's got a chance. Yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer, I think, is no, not a chance. It's got a chance to have a bigger impact than the Aaron Andrews era uh, of college football. Urban Meyer's a star. Urban Meyer's really good on that. He has got that resume ready for USC, doesn't he? Uh, well, by that, boy, they had JT an awful Daniels. Weekend. Yeah, we'll get into that. That was on my things yes. of uh, winners and losers from this past no, week with, I, with Bama. I just... Uh, I mean, here's what I did. There's I tried to Google. Games. I tried to search game day, and I found all the games that they've been at, but I couldn't find anyone that um, any link that lists the television that goes along with it. I mean, most of them are ABC or ESPN mm-hmm. games. They've done a, t- a ton of SEC games in the past, uh, so they've thrown CBS a bone. But CBS doesn't come after them in the mornings. Now Fox is trying to, and I would love to know if there was ever a game day game that aired on FS1. I don't think there has been. Probably maybe it doesn't not. make it. Maybe it doesn't make a, a difference. I don't think it does. Better games, not better games. Games that are also in the conversation. Syracuse, Clemson, mm, for sure. That's number one. Uh-huh. Michigan State hosting Arizona State. Fox, since that's a bigger game because that's where they've got the Fox team. Remember where Herm? Where he? And what here's he was the other doing? thing too. The FS1 announcers. We have never heard of these dudes. Right. Fox Her- says they're their second team uh, doing the Michigan State game. Herm Edwards. 
Used to work at ESPN for a long time. Yes, and he was very good, too. And very good yep. at his job, maybe throwing him a bone, even though it's on the road. And you know what? At Michigan State. He's, he's better than his, his current job he's that we thought he was well. going to be. There's no doubt. We laughed about that one uh-huh. a whole lot. Florida at Kentucky. Kentucky, I don't think his host Who's very got often. that game? Is it SEC Network? Six o'clock game, yes. Yeah, so that'd be the SEC Network one. Um, look at those. It's, uh, it's ESPN. Oh, big ESPN. Big so, ESPN. This is not the only game this weekend, mm-hmm. and we will see the AP poll will be coming out in mere moments if it's not out already. I haven't seen it, but I haven't been looking. Will we'll the come Cyclones back. be on it? Mm. I would say no. I don't think so either. Anyways, Miller and Con and Bama Bob, Trent and I will go around college football. We'll have Scott Dockerman at 11.20-ish. We're here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.